guys, welcome to the podcast, The Trailblazer's Journey, the place to be if you are curious about life and the world in which we live today and are passionate about personal growth and self-development. I'm your host, Simon Majid, well-being and transformational life coach, speaker and mental health advocate. To kick off season two, I am joined by the incredible Gyan Power. Gyan is the founder of TLC Lions and the Unwind Experience and is passionate about igniting emotion in the workplace, encouraging others to share and be themselves at work. Gyan started his career at Deutsche Bank and PwC and witnessed firsthand some of the inclusion and well-being issues that needed to be tackled in the corporate world. In 2015, an unexpected family tragedy changed Gyan's life forever. Whilst working in the city, Gyan found out his father had been murdered on a business trip in India. His experiences and inner resilience sparked his passion for prioritising well-being and inclusion in the workplace. TLC Lions has reached over 57 countries, 30,000 individuals and Gyan's work has been featured in global media, including Business Insider and BBC documentaries. In this episode, we talk about destigmatizing therapy and support for men, finding a way up from rock bottom and the self-love journey. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate and review. My name is Gian Power, um, so I'm the founder of TLC Lions and I suppose my background was that I started my career in, yeah, in the corporate world before kind of taking a jump out. Uh, today run my own startup TLC Lions and also sit on the board of a number of different companies, conferences, including This Can Happen, a mental health conference where mental well-being and inclusion are really close to my heart. Lovely. And you've had quite a journey um, yourself, haven't you? And uh, at a very early age. So I want to um, ask you to just share sort of what you've been through and what led you to the work that you're sort of doing now. Yeah, sure. So I guess I, I grew up in a quite normal upbringing, you could say. I'm half Indian by background through my dad's yeah. side. My mum's white British. So and I will touch on that later, kind of growing up in a mixed culture. And life was really, really good. I've always thought it was great growing up and felt very fortunate. Um, I suppose the first big change hit me at the age of 10 uh, when my parents divorced. Um, mm. It was quite an abrupt change uh, overnight. I kind of moved from the Midlands up to Durham. Um, it kind of stays with me today. But life continued and everything was good. I went off to university. And again, I always like to see the positives in things. But it wasn't until, I suppose, 2015 when... I still remember thinking like life is so good and I'm always like, I'm always very careful of if things are all great, is something going to happen? Right. And I just remember, yeah, I was working at PwC at the time and I suppose a very normal life of mine just turned upside down on the 8th of May, 2015. And it's a normal day going to and from the city. Um, and my dad went to India for work and I remember speaking to him from the airport um, and off he flew and I thought nothing of it, but, now, a few days later, the time passed and I didn't hear from my dad. Um, I suppose when you have a loved one going overseas, you don't think too much of it with time difference yeah. and things like yeah. that. But um, the days passed and nobody had heard from him. And 
all we did was, you know, just hoped, prayed he'd get on the return flight. He wasn't answering his phone calls or anything. Um, and I remember the day vividly that they confirmed he wasn't on the plane. Um, it was at that stage that I declared my dad missing internationally and yeah. my life was about to change forever. Um, a few weeks later, I found out live on the radio across India um, that my dad got murdered in the Punjab. And just a real normal, happy life that was quite private or very private mm. just suddenly turned upside down overnight. And I just knew that my life was never going to be the same again. Um, and I was 23 at the time and I knew that a huge weight was about to fall on my shoulders yeah. um, in my fight for justice. Um, and I suppose I knew that at that stage, I remember the police saying to me that, you know, do you want to fight this case? Um, and they said, you know, of course you say yes. And they said, it's going to take between five to 10 years of your life to fight. And I just remember just sat there thinking, oh my God, I'm 23 now. This is, this is going to be a big battle. And I did. Yeah. And, so from 2015 onwards, I've, I've spent a lot of time and energy trying to lead my dad's murder investigation, doing all that I could. Um, but at the same time, and I don't share this often, I, you know, my mum and dad fought hard to get out of poverty and they gave me a really nice upbringing. Mm. But throughout yeah. the murder, I, I lost every single penny and I lost my house, I lost my car and I could hardly afford my rent in 2016. And it was a damn low point for me. Um, yeah, but I thought that what well, I realized that when things hit you so low, there is no further down. Like, yeah, I, there was only one way, and I had to keep going, and I had to. So I, I was my own solicitor. I self-represented in the courts against people. Um, but I was getting to a stage where I was working throughout the day at PwC, studying for my accounting exams at night, and then at 10 p.m. onwards, I would deal with the legal battle all throughout the night. And it was just becoming unsustainable. Wow. So how, how did you get through it? Yeah, I think one thing that's always stayed with me is kind of having the right mindset. And I think for me, it's positivity and it's hope. And, you know, I've always said to myself that brighter days will come. And there were some dark moments for me. Yeah. And I just realized that if I can just take things one step at a time, one hour, one day at a time, I can keep on moving forward. And I said, as long as I'm still breathing, I'm going to keep on moving and nothing will stop me. And I'm really grateful to have had my sister as my absolute yeah. rock. And yeah. together we were like quite the unit. Um, but to be honest, there was, I had no choice. Yeah. I had no choice. Like I, I had to keep on going. I had to fight in my dad's name and just keep on positive. And and I will touch on this later, but I realized that I had to find the positives in the small things in life every single yeah. day to keep me going. But the thing is, as the years went on, um, between 2015, 2019, I continued to lead the investigation. But then there were further and further deaths in my family. And I lost three grandparents, my auntie, my uncle, oh, my wow. cousin got killed. And I just... I remember sitting back and looking at in the space of four years, there were just seven members of my family gone. And again, every time it was happening, I just kind of, I always say to myself, I can't control what's happened. I can only control how I respond going forwards. I, that's in my control. And every time I've just tried to keep on going, try to see the positives and try to see a learning really. And that's it. But yeah, I've, there's a few tips that I can share obviously of, the yeah. things that have kept me going um, through 
through the journey. Did you have support? Did you have support or was it just you, you know, you yourself telling yourself to, to keep going and be positive? A lot of the time it was myself. Um, you know, I, I kind of give myself pep talks on a morning and before bed and like, you've got this, keep on going, keep on moving and writing things down yeah. a lot. I would check in with my own emotions. How are you feeling today? You know, it's okay to be sad. Yeah. Tomorrow's another day. But, you know, I am grateful for a few people along the journey, managers at PwC, yeah. um, a few of them who, if it wasn't for them, I don't know where I'd be today. And, yeah. you know, and my sister as well. So my mum's an amazing soul as well. So they are yeah. radiators of positivity. Oh, um, that's lovely. And that's helpful. Yeah. That's po- po- partially probably where you get it from as well. Absolutely. So, but that's incredible, Gam, because someone else would have, could have just crumbled under all the weight of that. Um, yeah. So it takes a lot of resilience. It's a funny word, isn't it? Because a lot of people kept saying this to me and I went into work the day after I found out this happened. And I remember putting a bright red tie on the next morning and going into the office and everyone was like, why are you here? Yeah. And I've always wanted to be known, I suppose, as somebody who's strong and I'll keep on going, you know, and I, it's, it's just part of me in that, I've always believed and I'm a strong believer today of I never want to be a victim of my own problems and things, yeah. circumstances in life. And I want to be accountable and I want to move on from them. And that was the same from day one when my life changed in 2015. Um, I can't change the past. I can just rewrite the future. Wow. That's so admirable. I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just so taken back. Um, because if anyone had a reason to just give up it was it was you you know so it's not not small it's not nothing small so so tell us so tell us how then that led to the work that you're doing now because you're doing some incredible work and you've been you know I've been following you on social media for a while and you work all over the world and do incredible things so yeah tell us how that led to TLC Lions and your journey to that yeah sure so I guess 2015 to 2017 I stayed at PwC I needed the security I was enjoying it and I finished off as an accountant that kind of would have kept my dad happy on the Indian side so yeah. I thought let's tick that off but then as those years went on my story was out there in the media and more and more people were sharing their stories with me at work yeah. but it was always in private it was always can we have a chat or a coffee or a walk and you know I would listen and I would say listen to understand not to respond yeah. not to judge give them the safe space the stories I were hearing were so varied, so different. And I just realized, you know, everybody has a story that too often we know nothing about because yes. we don't take the time to get to know them. And we're working with these people all day. Yeah. And as the years went on, I thought, I can't sit here and let this keep happening. Let people suffer in silence. And, you know, I speak openly because there was my first week back at PwC, there was a suicide in our building. Um, right. in London Bridge and that was a key wake-up call for me you know there were people like managers of my team who once ran out because you know she said her dad was on the train tracks and this was somebody quite senior in London working and I thought like we can't let this wow. keep happening where that has to be hidden where you yeah. can't even say to your team guys my dad's in trouble I need to go out the office and we've got your back yes and as time went on, I, you know, I've always been somebody who I like to stand up for what I believe in. I'll stand against what I don't and stand up for others, really. And I just thought, like, 
I'm not going to let people suffer in silence yes. anymore. And this wasn't just at PwC. It was friends in law firms, creative, media, tech. And as the years went on, I guess the urge was just even more that, you know, you kind of find your own purpose. And I thought, I want to empower everybody to share their own story with confidence mm. in the workplace and outside of. And so in the end, I decided to leave uh, PwC. I you know, I had about 400 pounds in my bank account and it was the biggest risk I'd ever taken. But I just thought, you know, if not now, then when? Wow. Otherwise I'll stay on. And I had rent to pay in London and it was a huge risk. But I launched TLC Lions and Lion is mine and my dad's middle name. And, you know, the mission is to empower employees to share their story with confidence, to speak up in whatever situation that might be about their lives. And and so today, yeah, I brought together 25 ordinary people with extraordinary stories around the world. And I'm so honored that we've met kind of around four or 500 people now who've shared their stories. Yeah. And the Lions, as they're known, yeah, we kind of work with like around 180 companies in really bringing an angle of storytelling to the workplace so that, that. we kind yeah. of are the catalyst for others who then leave and share their own stories around inclusion, well-being, just to evoke some empathy. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely love that because I've worked in the corporate world for 14 years in the fashion industry. And it's another field where you know that mental health issues are rife, but no one's talking about it. It might have changed now, but it it certainly wasn't the case then. And so it's definitely something that's needed in the corporate world. Um, especially in, in, in the fields that you've mentioned because they're so high pressured as well. So, you know, I think that's super, super powerful. So regarding your work is your journey around self love. Um, and I still feel like self love, uh, women use this term very effortlessly. You don't, often hear men talking about self-love <laughs> and I still think it's a bit taboo so can we just talk about male self-love and your journey around self-love yeah I think as you say it is a word that's almost got this like stigma attached on it to guides yeah. but I, I go back really to 2016 because I was in a five-year relationship with my then girlfriend throughout everything and she's an amazing girl really really supportive yeah. But I was getting to a stage where I knew, I believe you have to make yourself happy, not somebody else to make me happy. And, you know, I was getting to a stage, there was so much change in my life, I needed to focus on me. So, yeah, had to end that. But the point is, that was the start of my own journey of getting to know me, being kind to me, and realizing that you have to, and it's not selfish, you have to learn to love and appreciate yourself before you can go and love others and be happy around others. And... For me, 2017, 18 was a huge, I guess, journey of self-exploration, getting yeah. to know what made me tick, what, what really brought me joy in my life. And I suppose you start accepting you for who you are and be yeah. like, and this doesn't mean, I think a common misconception, maybe if there's any guys listening, is that I'm very tough on myself. I'm very, I've got my goals, my ambitions, yeah. my team know, and that's nothing to do with this. I'm still, but I'm also kind to myself. You know, you're still still a human being. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think it's, it's like when I just in my day to day life now, I, you know, I push myself personally and professionally, but I'm also kind and I know that I'm me and you've got to take a moment for yourself. You've got to pause, reflect, 
I think it's so important. So yeah, it's been quite the journey the last few years of getting to know what really made me tick. Um, I ask myself five questions every month. I kind of rate them out of 10. You know, I shared these with the independent in an interview and I know they're online now. And, and those yeah. questions have helped me get to know myself as well. Amazing. And so we're talking about consciousness here, essentially. So, you know, um, and spirituality. And so it's, was this just a natural journey for you or, you know, were, did you kind of, did you kind of, cause I went through a similar journey, but I started kind of reading people like uh, Wayne, Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra and people like that. So what, what was the process for you? How did you kind of transition into that journey? You know, an interesting one actually, and it goes yeah. back to surprise, surprise, PwC. Right. <laughs> of all the places, not, not normally where you start a spiritual journey or anything, yeah. but it was actually in the toilet at PwC. That right. I'll rewind. You know, what happened was there was a moment in 2015 where it was so intense. The media were outside, the BBC, there was stuff going on on the case, and there was a senior manager who just said to me, Gian, I don't know how you're still going. And they yeah. said, take, take my phone. And they said, go to the toilet and shut the door. And they said, just listen to this. And I remember going in and closing the door, put these headphones on, and it was a meditation. Now, yeah. I'd never meditated before. I thought it was fluffy. I had no idea about it. But in a low moment, or I suppose a moment of desperation, yeah. you take anything. Yeah. And I just remember coming out after 15 minutes, feeling so calm, so collected. And that was a start really of me tuning into myself more yes and it's not easy of course we know meditation isn't easy and at the same time you know everybody has their own beliefs and i believe that i can learn from anyone in the world yes. but you know i was brought up as i suppose a sikh yeah as a religion and it was a sad moment for me uh, throughout all of these losses that i lost touch with my religion and my thoughts and my yeah. wider beliefs it really it was one of the sadder moments the last few years but then meditation, it kind of connected me with this other area. It didn't have to be religious. It was just, it's energy. It's the universe. It's me. Yeah. And I loved it. It was moments yeah. of calm. And that was really the start. And since then, I challenge myself. I do quarterly resolutions. So every quarter, yeah. um, I do something new for my well-being. And the 1st of January 2016, I said, you're going to try meditation five times a week. Yeah. Might not stick to it, but give it a go. And it's formed part of my daily life. And as you know, it teaches you so much around consciousness, compassion, um, understanding yeah. yourself. Yeah. And it's, I couldn't imagine life without it today. And it gives you faith as well. It does. It, you know? it really, really does. And, and I think that, you know, when we talk about men and mental health, people who know me know that I'm a hundred miles an hour and I like to go at massive mental speed yes. in the work that we do. Yeah. But then I pause very hard as well. You know, I, I go into yeah. my meditation 15 minutes on the morning, very deep. Uh, you know, it's not one or the other, you know, you can have a life that's rounded, yeah. I think. <laughs> Incredible. And I think that's, what's really important to share is the fact that you can still be very driven, very ambitious, um, but you can still, have mm. that aspect of well-being and spirituality and it's not kind of woo-woo you know no, no it's and it's not. crucial actually it's crucial as part of your achieving your goals you know it's the foundation so to achieving it, your it goals is. i know that today you know there's a quote by gandhi who was saying you know 
today I'm going to meditate. My day is twice as busy, so I'll meditate for twice as long. And I couldn't agree with it more that meditation brings me time back. And in the moments of difficulty now, I just take my breaths. And that's better than taking a coffee, than taking anything, just center myself back. Great. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And so this brings me on to Shed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tell us about Shed. (laughs) Again. Bloody hell, I tell you what, the world seems to start around PwC, but it was another leader who, she's an amazing lady, and she was the one who introduced me to that because she had a, I'm not going to take claims on this, because she had a great Olympic coach that they were providing right. to certain managers. And she mentioned it to me once. She said, again, have you heard of Shed? She explained, we used to sit together and just chat all day. Um, and she said, yeah, it stands for your sleep, hydration, exercise, and your diet. Um, right. And, you know, they're the four pillars she found yeah. for her own well-being and passed them yeah. to me and you know I live by them every day because I realized that there are certain days that you know especially in London you'd be on the tube and be in my suit and tie and I thought I don't feel 100% I don't know why and I've realized it's okay to have those days yeah but I've now realized that if I look at shed it tended to be that I haven't slept enough last night yes. or you know have you had a drink of water you know or yeah. have you done any exercise been for a walk or have you eaten and remembered to eat? Yes. And every single time now, it comes down to one of those things. And as soon as I put my shed back in place, I feel better. Yes. And it's so simple. So, Brilliant. yeah, I, I really do monitor sleep, hydration, exercise, and diet every day. And I'm, you know, I don't just say this; I really mean it. So, yeah. I recommend anybody get a good night's sleep, wake up, I down a pint of water. I then, yeah. you know, do 15 minutes of meditation, go and work out and have breakfast. I do that by crazy o'clock in the morning, but it just I, sets me up for the day. Love it. Morning routines. All yeah. them. So, um, <laughs> Can, if there, if there are men out there suffering with poor mental health, self-worth issues, first of all, how do you recognize this? And secondly, how would you suggest that they go about the healing process? Um, especially if they have responsibilities to family, um, you know, they have children to support, um, a pressure job. How, yeah. How do you go about that process? I think firstly, it's just knowing that it's okay not to feel a 100% and to have ups and downs is completely normal. And I tell myself that every day, but what I would say, if you're having ongoing feelings of you're feeling low, you're not feeling yourself, there's rapid changes in behavior, Firstly, try and speak to somebody. Yeah. People are there to support you. Speak to a friend, somebody you trust, and just say, hey, not sure what this is, but I'm just not, just not feeling all there at the moment. Somebody yeah. you trust and people who won't judge you. Now, if it continues, I do really recommend getting professional help and seeing it as a huge strength. And yes. I'm going to say this up front because just like you'd be proud to have a personal trainer in the gym, like guys, women, whoever's listening. I've had some amazing therapists yeah. through the NHS or through whoever that might be, reach out for support. I, yeah. I'm proud to have my therapists. I've gone yeah. through six of them in the last few years. And, you know, being open and getting that support is one of the best things I've ever done. So the first thing I'd say is, you know, of course, recognizing yourself. If you're having rapid changes of behavior, if you're ongoing, not feeling yourself, speak to a friend speak to somebody who you trust and who loves you there are always people who really love you out there and then if it's ongoing like i do recommend you can reach out by the nhs or if you are fortunate to be in a corporate role make use of employee assistance programs yeah honestly 
just just speak up people love you and they care for you so i think that's been a key part of i suppose a healing process that you mentioned is getting the right professional support yes um and i i think i think what you just said there about um therapy and destigmatizing therapy because so many people the minute you mention that word it they they feel like there's something wrong with them and actually no therapy is life-changing it really really is and i think until you actually go there and you actually have it you don't understand that you know and uh so I still feel like, you know, there's still a lot of work around, uh, work to do around, the, you know, the, the whole sort of reputation around therapy. So I think you saying it out loud like that, I think it's super, super positive and uh, impactful. Yeah, no, I agree. And you might find that the first one you go to doesn't match, you know, yes. <laughs> I say, it's like going on a date sometimes. Like it's not, you're not always going to hit off first time lucky, but yes. like try again, give it another try, male, female, I don't know, see what, kind of works for you from a counseling yes. perspective you know it, it took me five or six but you gotta you gotta stick at this stuff like yeah it's so so helpful brilliant brilliant so tell us a little bit about the positive impact that loving yourself from within has had on your life <laughs> i think the biggest impact for me is just made me enjoy every single day yeah one thing i've learned the last few years is that nobody lives forever and i know that sounds harsh and uh, but I've I've really come to appreciate every single day with those I have around me. And so yeah. as much as I'm on a crazy journey and the impact I want to have on the world, I it's made me appreciate the here and now, the the grass that's around me, the the small moments with my niece and nephew. Yeah. Uh, but it's taken me to understand myself and love myself to then love those around me even more. Yeah. It's taken me to a I suppose a a calm place in a very chaotic world. Lovely. But you know. My, my my therapist did once say to me is Gian, you go in a situation, I go from a hundred, you know, zero to a hundred like that. Yeah. And she taught me to go back from a hundred to zero even quicker. Yeah. And it's things like that, that getting to know me and just caring for me. It's yeah. So I suppose, I don't know, that's a bit of a waffly answer, but it's, it's really put me at one with the world to just appreciate the small things in yeah. life. Yeah, and no, it's not a waffly answer. And I think what you've said, I think about brought you to a calm place because mm. I think getting to that calm place is everything, you know? And I think ultimately that's what happiness is. It's getting to that that calm, serene, peaceful place in yourself, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, it's a great answer. So I read recently a post on your Instagram feed um, about challenges around identity uh, because you are um, of mixed heritage um, and how that's played out in your life. Um, I think you mentioned your time in Durham. Um, so can you just share a little bit more? Cause obviously you're a third culture kid, you know, and so what's, yeah. So how's that impacted? Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's one that I'd never, the background is that I never really spoken up about it because I didn't feel the need to I just thought hey I'm me as many people do this was this is my life and you think this is normal and it wasn't until I shared it, it with my immediate team and they said really you went through that that was a challenge you've got to share it so firstly that's why I decided to share because I thought there's so many people going through similarities yes. and if we can all share more people yes. will now I guess yeah my background was that growing up in the Midlands it was very very mixed culturally so yes. I didn't really feel my colour. I kind of blended in, let's say. But then when I moved to Durham, I was suddenly 
me and my sister and 500 other kids who were all white. And I guess from a young age, it was just suddenly on the playground, if anybody hits on you for anything, it was straight to my color. It was straight to my ethnicity. Mm. It was, you know, it was always, and that was, you knew that it was coming. And it was difficult at first. It really, really was because, you know, I never want my dad to pick me up from school. I'd keep that side of the family away, almost embarrassed to share. Yeah. And, but then you'd confuse the kids if my mum would pick me up who's white and she's blonde because they didn't quite understand at that age. How can he be that colour? But then his mum's white, you know? Yeah. And I suppose by about 13, uh, <laughs> jokingly, but not jokingly, you, you know, you become, you start dating girls at a very young age and you start to embrace this difference as a bit of a uniqueness. And I started yeah, yeah, to think, yeah. Do you know what? I'm proud of who I am. People wouldn't work out, are you Italian, are you Spanish, are you Asian? You were comfortalizing on it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, why, why bloody not? So I just, you know, I just remember thinking, you know, I'm going to be me and I'm going to be yeah. unique. You know, my sister's Emma Laura. I got the double whammy with Gian Singh uh, of the name game. So it was just, it was a challenging time. It was hard for my sister. You know, I know she got it really bad, physical yeah. abuse as well at school wow. because she was different. And, you know, on the last day of school for her, she she was jumped on and she was beaten and called names. And I just remember as a younger brother at that school, it was disgusting behavior. That's traumatizing, and yeah. It really is. And, you know, after that, at the age of 16 to 18, I went to a sixth form college. And it's funny, just some of the comments that I've got from this, that I was then probably out of 2,000 kids there. There was about 20 of us. Yeah. You know, let's say, which is kind of like 1%. And a few of them dropped me a message since that post saying, oh, God, you know, school was tough in the North, wasn't it, for us lot? And I just thought, that's so sad. And one of those girls is half Chinese, another one is half Jamaican. And I just thought, this is sad and this isn't how it's got to be. Mm. We, we've got to change this. Yes. You know, just because of the color of your skin. You know, my sister's a nurse and she still has people saying, no, I want a white doctor. I yeah, want yeah, a yeah, white yeah. nurse. Yeah. And... You know, it's it's something that I'm passionate about. You know, it's not just the colour of your skin, it's your sexual orientation, it's your gender. And I just yeah. like nobody should be judged for that. And you know, I've taken it upon myself to do what the hell I can, especially at that school, to make a yeah. difference. Because again, it's all tied down to well being and mental health again, because I think you're mm. uh, yeah, and that I feel like that's the natural sort of journey in this in this work as well, because I think as a third culture kid myself diversity has been massive for me so yeah. important because i know the impact it's had on my life you know where your parents are from one land so my parents are pakistani but i was brought up yeah. here mixed messages constantly um and 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 the impact that has on your mental yes. health and so yeah it just feels like when you are kind of from mixed heritage it seems to be like the natural journey that you go on you know so it is it's interesting. Yeah. And I think that obviously mental health across the Asian community versus my more white British, very, very different. You know, yeah. the cultural understanding and awareness of it. The, it's, yeah, we've got a, and I take it upon myself again, not to point the fingers, but to educate further and to do more yes. in the community. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. So what's next for you then, Jan, and TLC Lions? There's a lot going on. We've um, so behind the scenes, I suppose for two months, I haven't shared it with anybody yet. But we're planning, we're launching in the US at the end of this year. So Ooh. I work tirelessly on an evening with the team over in the US, uh, planning all the launch over there. So that's happening with the lead over there. Um, 
we've got new because we've launched our online series we obviously have the speaker yeah. series who are these amazing individuals we also have an online series which has allowed us to roll out globally to kind of a quarter of a million people in two months which has just been mad and these are amazing. all like uh, video content very bite-sized so that's launched in eight different languages now chinese wow. japanese slovenian portuguese so it's just a case of widen the impact globally um in the work that we do we're growing the team so we're hiring for a few more roles at the moment Amazing. um so yeah i'm always you know planning ahead uh yeah. to be done so um, can you just talk us through some of the projects say give us a, just examples of what you do when you sort of yeah. go to organizations yeah, so for us, it's all about bringing an angle of storytelling to a company, yeah. um, you know, bringing these inclusion and well-being to life. So yeah. we will kind of, yeah, I suppose we use our, our lions, who are these amazing people, to share their stories, to really evoke other employees to share theirs in the sessions that we run. Yeah. Um, but again, it's very, very tailored in the work that we do, you know, whether yeah. we work with you know, Warner Brothers to Sony Pictures, American Express to MasterCard. It might be in similar similar fields, but they're so different culturally. And so we really yeah. kind of get under their skin. Um, and we don't work with companies where it's just a one-off tick box exercise or knee-jerk reaction to something in the media. You know, yeah. we work with companies who really get it. Um, and then, yeah, the online series now, that it's a very unique take on sharing these stories in bite-sized content. Um, which has allowed us to share it globally. So, you know, people have access in Panama to Fiji, to Croatia, through the clients I okay. work with. Right. Um, yeah. And it's just, yeah, again, it goes back to our mission to, you know, empower employees to share their stories with confidence. So whether that's the in-person events, the virtual events, or the online videos, it all does the same thing to be that catalyst. Brilliant. Amazing. Sounds so exciting. <laughs> yeah there's a lot to be done but i love it <laughs> yeah no absolutely and i can see that so what have been the three most valuable lessons you have learned in life so far yeah i thought <laughs> about these quite yeah. a bit actually um yeah and i put them down to three and you know one of them i put here is a lesson that i was given at the age of 16 from my school teacher when i left school and you know she said to me believe you can or believe you can't you're going to be right and honestly, that has driven oh, that's me through powerful. some of the hardest times. It is. And, yeah. you know, I've, and above my bed is hung up, believe you can and you probably will. You know, every single day I know that if we believe that we can and have that positive attitude, it's going to happen. Believe you yeah. can't and you're probably not going to. So that's the first one. Yeah. The second one is, you know, and this was one for my dad really, is I've learned to be ambitious in my life. Yeah be satisfied every day i'm happy today like i'm really really happy in everything that i have and what i've done what we've achieved but i'm still so ambitious and i've learned not to confuse the two yes so i think it's easy to kind of focus on tomorrow tomorrow and the next thing and not enjoy the journey and yes. so a lesson for my dad it's another story for another day he's just he once taught me you know son strive for more but be satisfied with what you've got today so i do Lovely. that yes and number three um is a key one is I've learned to monitor whose energy is around me. Yes. And I've realized the impact of negative people versus positive people is a massive one that I've watched out for. So, you know, people who are around me are pulling me down. I'm a bit selfish maybe, but I pull myself away from them. If they're having a down day, I'm there for them. But, you know, those who lift you up, who drive you and want the best for you, genuinely want the best for you, that's who's around me. And I'd rather have a few select friends 
than the world. <laughs> That's so crucial. That is so crucial. And I think as an empath, um, pulling away can sometimes feel so selfish, you know, yeah. but it's actually not um, because, because then you can use your empathetic power and nature for the greater good. And that's exactly. how I see it. You can make more impact by having yeah. that positive energy around you. So, so true. I Absolutely. love that. I love that. So, Gian, how can people um, get in touch with you, find out more about your work, um, watch your YouTube videos? <laughs> yeah, no, sure. So people can find me. It's quite a unique name, so it's an easy one to find, I think. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube. It's Gian Power, G-I-A-N Power, P-O-W-E-R. So it's LinkedIn forward slash Gian Power, YouTube forward slash Gian Power, and Instagram forward slash Gian Power. Lovely. And obviously find out more on tlcline.com. Brilliant. Thank you so much. No, thanks for having me. Loved it. I Loved knew it was going to be good, but it was even better. Oh, no. It's you, <laughs> no, thank, thank you so you. much for having me. <laughs> If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate and review. And to keep up to date with all of our latest news, follow our page, The Trailblazers Journey on Instagram. Until next time.